In almost every podcast episode, I mention the therapeutic intervention called Exposure and Response Prevention, or ERP. This is the evidence-based treatment proven to be effective in helping people get freed from the tyranny of OCD. In this podcast episode, I'd like to help you understand what ERP is, how it works, and why it's so effective. I'll share a touch of neuroscience, but you'll easily follow along. Welcome to the Free Me From OCD podcast. If you or someone you love has OCD, you know that OCD can hold you hostage. OCD can get in the driver's seat of your life. Here you'll find the information tips and tools to put you back in the driver's seat of your life. I'm Dr. Vicki Rackner, your host. I call on my experience as a mother of a son diagnosed with OCD when he was in college, physician and life coach to help you evolve into the best and highest version of yourself. Let's dive into today's episode. I recently spoke with a man, Joe, who was telling me his OCD story. He said that for years, he lost hours each day to his obsessions and compulsions. He was sick of it. He wanted to do the things that he missed, like having the time of enjoying the simple pleasure of getting together with friends. He wanted to get his life back. He told me he'd spent years going from therapist to therapist and even taking medication. He said that nothing helped. In fact, he thought that some of his treatments actually made things worse. Then I noticed a smile cross Joe's face. His body visibly relaxed. He said, then I found ERP. It changed my life. Here's the best way I can describe ERP. I played basketball. I'd spent years playing defense with OCD. ERP has me playing offense and winning. For years, OCD talked trash to me. With ERP, I'm talking trash right back. I effing love ERP. It works. Before we talk about ERP, let's review what we know about human brains and OCD. In a sense, people get imprisoned by OCD because of how they draw the line between what's safe and what's dangerous. Further, they have their own ideas about how they respond to perceived danger. Now, our human brains are obsessed with the question, am I safe? When Homo sapiens first walked the planet about 300,000 years ago, we were both predator and prey. We have an ancient, sophisticated system for identifying danger and taking action to get us back to safety. Here's an example that shows how this plays out in real life. One day, I was on the couch reading a book when I heard my cat growl. I looked up to see him standing near the glass back door, making Halloween, as we say. His hair was standing straight up. He was physically standing sideways. His ears were flat against his head, and his swishing tail reminded me of the rattle of a rattlesnake. I looked outside to see who or what was in the yard. I saw the neighborhood's stray cat near the planter of catnip near the back door. My guess is that she came to the yard for the catnip, and then the two cats saw each other. Let me just say that these two cats have bad blood. 
At that moment, the stray cat was hunched down and motionless. It's like she was trying to make herself small and maybe even invisible. My cat saw her all right. He swatted at the glass door with his unsheathed claws. Then the stray cat unfroze and ran away. My cat watched her climb up over the fence, and once he was certain that the interloper was gone, his hair went back down, his ears stood up. He shook his body like a dog shaking off water after a bath. Then my cat groomed himself and settled back in for his nap. These two cats both detected danger. Their amygdalas, the danger detector, sounded and their bodies reacted to return to safety. All of this happened without a single conscious thought. The autonomic nervous system, the connection between the brain and the body, is always active. It controls all the functions that keep you alive, like your heart rate, your respiratory rate, your digestion. When you're running, you don't need to tell your heart, speed up and deliver more oxygen. It does that automatically. The nervous system has a gas pedal to rev things up and a brake to slow things down. The autonomic nervous system creates three distinct physiologic states, and the cats demonstrated all three. Before the stray came into the yard, my cat was enjoying a nap in the sun. He knew he was perfectly safe. This is the physiologic zone where he spends most of his time. The gas pedal and the brake of the nervous system are balanced. He's balanced. So the first nervous system state is the zone of safety. The sight of the stray cat triggered my cat's defense response. His nervous system changed to a revved up state to prepare to fight and win. I could physically see his body's changes. I could not see his heart rate quicken or his blood being diverted from his digestive tract to his muscles that would help him fight. The stray began in the balanced zone of safety too. The sight of my cat making Halloween triggered the stray's danger alarm. Initially, this cat put on the brakes instead of the gas. She crouched and froze. When she saw that this was not working, her nervous system put on the gas and ran away. So these are the three physiologic states determined by the autonomic nervous system, balanced in the zone of safety, revved up, or slow down. Well, let's get back to Joe and see how this applies. Joe remembers his first obsession. He said he was driving to work, crossing the floating bridge, when suddenly he thought, I'm going to drive my car off the bridge. He said, you know those lotto machines that shoot out the bouncing ball? It's like my brain spit out this thought. I wasn't depressed or suicidal. I knew I wouldn't drive off the bridge intentionally. Now, many people have thoughts like this, but most people say, what a crazy thought, and dismiss it and go on with their days. Joe would have loved to move on, but that's not what happened. Joe says his brain kept on returning to the thought over and over. Now, intellectually, Joe knew that he wouldn't drive off the bridge. Still, he had a nagging doubt. One day, could he or would he drive up the bridge unintentionally? Maybe he reaches for a cup in the cup holder and drives off the bridge. Maybe one day the bridge would be icy and he would slide off. 
The obsessive thought, I might drive off the bridge, created high levels of anxiety. He went into the revved up state. He noticed his body changes, the racing heart and his sweating palms, and used that as evidence that it really was unsafe to drive across the bridge. This reinforces the idea that the thought that he is in danger is true. His biggest fear was that he would leave his wife a widow and his children fatherless. He learned he could get temporary relief by saying a specific poem forward and backward. But then the cycle would repeat. His obsessions popped to his head again. He experienced the high levels of anxiety. Each time he got relief. However, he needed to repeat the poem two, then three, then 10 times. If he wasn't sure if he said them all 10 times, he went back and started over. Joe told me he got tired of the obsessions and compulsions. He decided to avoid them by driving around the lake instead of taking the bridge. This added an extra half hour to his commute. Someone with OCD needs the certainty of safety. Short of the absolute certainty, danger lurks. Joe could not tell himself with absolute certainty that he would not drive off the bridge. He estimates that his obsessions and compulsions consumed between two and three hours a day. He wanted his time back. ERP is the therapeutic intervention that finally helped him do just that. ERP stands for Exposure and Response Prevention. Here's what it's about. Within the context of a trusting therapeutic relationship, the person with OCD agrees to set up situation in which they feel the intense anxiety. Instead of performing the compulsions, they agree to stay present and fully feel the anxiety while resisting the urge to do the compulsion. Over time, with repeated exposures to the same circumstances, the anxiety decreases. ERP is not about making anxiety better by practicing relaxation techniques. In fact, anything that treats the anxiety will render ERP less effective. Instead, it gives the person with OCD the experience that the anxiety will subside on its own. The feeling of anxiety is nothing to fear. The first few sessions with the trained therapist can be planning sessions. The therapist and the person with OCD make a list of the things that set off anxiety. These will become the exposures. Then the person with OCD assigns an anxiety score to each such exposure. The exposures are then ordered based on the anxiety score. The first exposures that are taken on usually have the lower scores. As the exposures are repeated, the anxiety score decreases. Now, you might be wondering, why would somebody intentionally put themselves in situations in which they know they'll feel anxious? The answer is that ERP gives them their lives back. They don't want to invest hours with their obsessions and compulsions. They want to skip the 30-minute rituals before they leave the house. 
They want to be able to drive over the bridge or even recapture the freedom to travel because they learned it's safe to use bathrooms that are not in their own homes. The truth is that obsessive thoughts and anxiety will always be there. However, once treated, a person with OCD learns to tolerate these thoughts and low levels of anxiety. It's like being able to enjoy a summer day, even though there are mosquitoes buzzing around your head. Over time, obsessions can change themes. Compulsions change. However, in the end, OCD is caused by the same common pathway. Where is the line between safety and danger? ERP can be used no matter what the thought. Why is ERP so effective? This is being studied, but I've got some ideas. ERP requires that a person with OCD witness their thoughts and feeling and sensation in their bodies. There's a difference between saying, I'm so anxious, I think I will die, and my anxiety score is a 3 out of 10. When you witness your feelings, they have less power over you. The amygdala, the body's danger detector, recognizes patterns. I wonder if the repeated exposures to anxiety-producing circumstances train the amygdala that these patterns are, in fact, safe. After all, the brain is neuroplastic. It can grow and change. I wonder if, over time, ERP helps an individual make the zone of safety wider. Things that were once considered dangerous are now safer. I don't need to know how my smartphone works to do the things that I want to do with it. In the same way, we know that ERP works. Here's the best news. If you're interested in learning more, you can go to NoCD and find an ERP therapist. I'll leave a link below. If you found value in this episode, please feel welcome to share it with others you know who are helping their adult children be freed from OCD. Thank you for your time. You can do this.